Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Golden Knights are victorious in Colorado. We talk about VGK and its first winter classic coming up in 2024. And the Golden Knights win the second period again. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. You can find us on Twitter at LockdownVGK, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is Lockdown Golden Knights. So let's make it now six games, the last six games in this series. The visiting team has come away the winner, Golden Knights and Colorado, which is a very odd statistic. Uh, and last night it was VGK with a 3-2 to two road win against Colorado and the Avs. And Nathan McKinnon gets the scoring going, Chris. And that was just 25 seconds into the game, fresh Ooh. off of the IR, second game back. And then uh, VGK with a good response. Michael Amadio, he scores off of a primary assist uh, from Nick Hague. And uh, we wanted to talk, I did want to talk about Amadio on yesterday's show because one thing that I've noticed about his game, and maybe you've noticed it as well, Chris, the anticipation, right? Before the shot, uh, before the puck arrives, he knows what he's going to do with the puck. And, and I think that to me, that's a sign of a really good player in the National Hockey League. I've just watched him, the anticipation, he'll call for the puck at times and then he gets the puck and he drives the puck to the net i think he knows more than a lot of players uh, on this vgk team what he wants to do with the puck before it even gets there that's a fun observation and i certainly agree with it and we had talked about who could step up going back to the eichel and patcheretti situation who was going to be able to play along with someone like jack eichel and have that ability to finish and things like that now obviously Jack Eichel being injured is the reason we're getting to see what Amadio can do but point being is Amadio does have a finishing ability that no one knew he had right I mean you know whenever the he was claimed I believe because the Kings simply dropped him so that's another thing to keep in mind another uh, another castaway another uh another misfit so to speak and now we're watching another player grow and you know, I got to toot the, the old Kelly McCrimmon horn, I guess, a little bit here. And, you know, for Chandler Stevenson as well, if we're going to keep on keep on going down this route for a minute here. But it's fun watching what players can do when given an opportunity. And you have to earn the opportunity. They don't just uh, look up and down the lineup and say, OK, 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 OK. I mean, I mean, let's be honest here. Keegan Colasar was getting some chances in line one last year with the injury situations. And, you know, unfortunately, he did not show the same finishing ability that Amadio has. So, again, this kind of is another weapon that the VGK has in the tool belt, so to speak. And, you know, as Cotter comes back, as Marcheseau comes back, as Eichel comes back, as Howden comes back, like, you know, and you still got this guy named Phil Kessel, you know, who hasn't shown a whole lot yet. But at some point, we should get something out of him. The, that's the that's the hope at this point. Um, so is the team ever fully healthy, you know, really after the season starts? Not really. But, you know, we certainly hope more of those guys will be back than than, you know, injured as far as on a percentage side goes, you know. 
And what's going to happen? Is Amadio going to stay up there? Are they going to come back with a balanced attack like I had suggested? And you're starting to see that making the waves around uh, around different social platforms now. It's, it's, it's a good spot to be in. And, you know, kind of uh, just rambling a little bit here. But, man, I, I can make a case for this being a Stanley Cup winning team as much as I can make a case for us being a wild card fringe bubble playoff team right now. Did you see and me pass out right there? I, I did, but you know, it's it's that more people are on my side than your side with 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 that. And <laughs> you know, but yeah, let's see what happens. I mean, like I said, I'm also on both sides. I can still I can still make a very what's the word, a very realistic case that this team could miss the playoffs. Yeah. And nothing in between. It's it's so bizarre right now. Right. Uh and then last night, Nick Waugh was celebrating his two hundredth game. So it was his two hundredth game last night. And he scored twice, one off of the <clears throat> Colasar and Korzak assist, and then later. Also, that you were you, you really didn't have anything in your throat. You were just bringing attention to your your locks right. of the night. Okay, folks, just just you know. <laughs> I mean, who else would have picked Colasar and Korzak but me? A, um, a clock. <laughs> the clock is right twice a day, Tony. Chill out. <laughs> right, and then uh, later on, the deflection off of a Carrier shot. And, uh, you know, Bruce Cassidy could sense, he could sense, we talked about this on yesterday's show, out of the shoot, that Nick Waugh and his line mates were doing well and were about to be rewarded. I think he could see a little bit into the future just by the way they were practicing and then buzzing up and down the ice. And so he gets rewarded twice in the game last night after a long drought. I don't think there's, it's, Never any more evident than it is for line four for most teams in the NHL, especially the Vegas Golden Knights, where they need to focus on doing the little things right. Because line four traditionally has the least amount of skill, but possibly the most amount of grit and determination. And what you lack in skill when you're up there against the other team's line one type players, you make up for in in your brain. You make up for positioning and just this will and desire. and physicality which line four still has that it's not not the ryan reeves physicality but it's still a very physical line colasar and carrier will certainly uh punish you if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and nick Watt also isn't afraid to throw his body around so line four does so many of the little things right and it creates opportunities on both sides of the ice to you know on the defensive side to wear down the other team and then create some odd man rushes or you know second and third and fourth chances or every now and then will carry just uh you know presses a button on his shoulder pad that gives him this crazy boost and he just decides to go end to end and score a highlight real goal so you know line four i mean even when they're not putting up the numbers and they're not always going to put up the numbers especially the numbers at this pace right now and, you know, credit Nick Waugh for sticking with it and not trying to get outside of his game and finally getting back on it yesterday. Um, Colasar, you know, another Colasar, I think he matched his career high uh, point streak too. Um, will carry. Hey, I don't, I don't know if it's probably pretty close to two or three games, but you know, all, all kidding aside, line four is getting it done right now. And they're being asked to do big things in big situations, not just, you know, to keep the momentum going, but they're still a lot of the times, as long as they're fresh, that the, the other team, they will get double shifted when the other team scores a goal to go out there and get the momentum back. That said something right there. Okay. You're talking about Colasar, a good fight last night for once. I actually didn't see it. I'm sorry. I didn't watch it. So he and uh, Andreas Englund uh, had tangled in the game. And I think that some of this was going back to uh, Bowen 
Byram. Bull Byram, yeah. Byram, where uh, it was 2021, and he took a run at him, and then then the Colorado Avalanche, and they don't forget these guys. No. <laughs> and so and so they stored that up, and I think that they were headhunting him a little bit in the game, and I couldn't quite possibly try to figure that out, but that's the only thing that it could come back to. Of course, uh, Byram is still out and injured. However, um, the heavyweight matchup, they go toe-to-toe. Kolasar again using those body punches in an NHL fight. But they let them go, Chris. They let them go for a long time, for a lengthy period of time. And finally, so I thought that Kolasar won the early rounds there because I think they went more than one round. And then we saw where Eng- England came back and gotten a couple of good like head headshots there uh, later on. But it was one of those good old fights that we saw in the NHL in bygone days where they just let them fight. They didn't separate them. And it went on for a while. As long as they are keeping their their body moving and keeping the fight going, the refs aren't going to jump in, especially when they're going toe-to-toe, even if it's starting to take a certain amount of time. But the moment that the refs sense that someone is, you know, tired, at that point, it's, you know, it's protection, right? I mean, if someone is just getting walloped out there, but they're still on their feet, you know, that's when the refs, obviously, there's that thin line of safety and spirit of the game and, letting them iron out their differences. And, you know, you don't want to let a fight go too long because obviously that's when someone does start to get winded. And maybe the player who is on the uh, attacking side of the fight is kind of holding them up just to get a few more in there. Um, Usually there's a lot of, and it's, it's weird folks, but if you watch the podcast, you must be a diehard hockey fan. Um, But there usually is a fair amount of respect in these fights, even when there is an anger behind it where if a player senses the other player is just simply unable to protect himself or, you know, the second they go to the ice, a lot of times they pay each other on the back right away. And, you know, they'll say something. And even when it is a spirited bout, you know, there is an element of respect, which, you know, that, that can go both ways if you want to keep fighting in the game or not. But, you know, the ref's got a job to do. And as long as uh, the boys are going, they're going to let them go until, uh, until someone either can't protect themselves, they hit the ice or a combination of both, I guess. Did you watch, uh, get a chance to see the replay of that Miko Rantanen goal? I did. Uh, that he scored. And I just wanted to get your impression. They had a lengthy review. And I thought for sure that the puck had crossed the line. I thought that it went over. Um, and it took them a while to figure it out. Uh, what did you see from those reviews? So I was actually, um, I didn't catch it live. I was actually um, selling on, on my app last night. And um it was actually kind of funny. I, as the game was ending, uh, I actually recorded our locked on now reaction that has not been published. I don't know if we're going to get it or not due to um, the events that happened last night in, in Buffalo and everything. But um, I, I, I literally held the phone like right in front here as I'm doing my breaks and stuff. And I got a couple of Vegas people, uh, my buddy William and, and Sin City Sports Ray. And, and like, guys, what should I say about the game? I didn't really watch a ton of it, but I was keeping on track. But I got to record this right now. And then um, they talked to me. They were talking about the goal and what happened. And I gave a perspective without even seeing the goal. And then I um, and then Williams suggested, hey, make sure you make sure you start off by saying Bad second periods are so 2022. So that was that was how my night went, went last night leading up to uh, the lockdown now recording. So uh, shout out to William and Ray for uh, 
being uh, awesome supporters and fun to interact with. But so back to the goal, what I saw in the replay was, first of all, no idea where the puck was at first. No idea. You saw the scramble, the scramble, scramble, the heck is scramble. You saw the scramble (laughs) and everyone doing their thing, what they should do and credit the refs for actually letting that play go because that puck was loose somewhere in there. And I couldn't catch which official it was, but he was right on top of the net. He was where he needed to be and let the play go as long as he possibly could based on the player's reaction, based on his vision of the puck. The moment I knew this was going to be a goal, I mean, I knew it was because I knew what was going to happen, but you watch Nathan McKinnon's reaction. He just points at the goal and points at the ref and skates away. He knew that was going to be a goal right there. So the second I saw that, I'm like, okay, this, uh, I, I knew that was, uh, I knew there wasn't going to be a whole lot of argument about it. It took a while, but with how calm he was about it, you knew that it was most likely going to be a goal. So all the replays that they showed, it was very hard to catch the whistle in real time and where the puck was. I'm sure they might've had another angle that we weren't privy to last night to see it. Um, but even still, and I have to go back through the rules here. And I was talking to, again, uh, William and Ray last night about it. But I'm pretty sure in a situation like that, if the puck is clearly loose and the ref does blow it dead, I don't know if I'm going back to the Blues game. Maybe not. I don't know if the whistle can save the goalie is what I'm trying to say. If it is. It, yeah, I think it does. I don't think it, it can because I'm going yeah. back to that Blues game, I yeah. believe where it was just an absolute, just terrible situation. So maybe the whistle can. So I might have misquoted myself last night when I was talking with them. But point being is on the ice, obviously they didn't have they didn't have the call rights. But after the review and the review, just like football, it's got to be completely clear. It has to be completely clear. And the fact that the puck crossed before the whistle blew. That's it. Yeah, it's, that was it's it. that easy. Uh, the Amadio goal was uh, a very fortunate uh, turn of events for the VGK. Um, McKinnon, I think, down on the other end, uh, rings the post, gets it underneath the post, really. Um, and it caromed, I think, between um, the crossbar and the sidebar last night. Uh, Georgiev is not, I, I told you this earlier, like earlier in the season, he's not that durable to last for the duration. I don't think that he is goaltender number one. And uh, that was a big break because then Amadio comes down the other end and then uh, he gets that goal. And so now I uh, added it up. And so Georgiev, 17 goals on the last 111 shots he has allowed. And and uh, on that uh, that other goal by Wah, the puck actually went under the shot by Carrier, went under his pads, and then it was knocked home by a very alert um, Nick Wah in that game. So... Um, some good luck, some puck luck for VGK, and they'll take it any which way. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about the 2024 Winter Classic, as VGK will be a part of that game, and they're taking on the Kraken, the last two teams that made it into this league. We'll talk about that when we return right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting information. For all your stats, your news, and everything else, your analysis, you've got it. Uh, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league that's out there. From pro football to the college football championship game coming up next Monday, to basketball to the NHL, we've got it all on betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those on BetOnline as well. 
We're always the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports betting information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn a lot more. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick here. And we thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. You can find us wherever your podcasts are available, wherever you get them. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights. And yesterday, Chris, the National Hockey League announcing that BGK will be meeting the Kraken January 1st, 2024, New Year's Day, T-Mobile Park, Park in Seattle. And so that'll be next year's. Winter you killed my thunder on that yesterday, Tony, but I'll yell at you in a second. I'll yell at you in a second. No, go ahead. Jump right in. So I put um I, I put out there that the Knights and Kraken will play at T-Mobile next year. And I was I was dangling the bait right there. I was uh <laughs> I was here fishy, 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 waiting for someone to be like, wait a minute, what are, what are you talking about? And then I, I was gonna wait for someone to, to say, well, wait, T-Mobile doesn't it, it doesn't open. But like, yes, it does. What are you talking about? T-Mobile has a retractable roof. And I was going to go as long as they let me. And then obviously at some point, someone's going to chime in and say T-Mobile Park in Seattle. But I think Tony, uh, Tony, um, wet my Cheerios before that. <laughs> I, I had to jump in there. I saved you, man. I saved the day. No, I know. I was poking the bear, Tony. I was trying to cause <laughs> I trouble. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I was trying to cause trouble. Just assume I'm trying to cause trouble when I'm tweeting weird stuff like that. Okay, so yesterday in the Winter Classic, Boston, by the way, did a tremendous job. Uh, the Boston Bruin players oh, the came baseball. out of the... Pittsburgh, too, but they both did it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. They did the uh, baseball uniforms, and that's the first thing I saw. I thought that that was so cool. Uh, the Black Keys performed there. Uh, we'll probably see Pearl Jam or Eddie Vedder or both, right, up there. Yeah. The yeah, Seattle yeah. – uh, one Seattle? of the goalies for the Kraken actually just put Eddie Vedder and Kurt Cobain on his goalie mask, by the way. How amazing there, is that? That's very cool. That's yeah. very cool because that is uh, obviously Grunge City. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've seen Pearl Jam in Seattle. I've done it, done it uh, three three done times now. Once with the Red Hot Chili Peppers opening for him also. Nice. And then uh, Boston Pops did Sweet Caroline, but I thought they did a really good job. Did. Yeah, they did a great job there in Boston, though. Um, I'm just curious what they're going to do in Seattle. Yes, we wanted the game here, but this is this is really cool. Oh, this There's is fun. No, it's fun. It's fun. No tickets on sale yet, but uh, it's a pretty big game. And, you know, in, in uh, the stories that they had written yesterday, they said this is the second outdoor game for VGK because they played in Lake Tahoe. But that wasn't a winter classic. This is much different, right? Oh, yeah. No. And I mean, credit the NHL for all these creative ways to, you know, make more money. Well, sure. Fine. But I mean, the Lake Tahoe game, I thought that was excellent. It was just a very it was strange, obviously, but it was a really cool environment, minus the whole ice and the nine hour delay and the fact that it didn't end until like midnight our time. But after all that, it was a really cool thing. Um, definitely. You have to pinch yourself. Right. I mean, I put this out there when the Seattle Kraken came to Vegas about a month ago or so now you had at the time you have team numbers 31 and 32 who are first and second. I know I think they were first and second in the West at that time. That's when Seattle was mm-hmm. making that great punch or that they were definitely first and second in the Pacific and very highly ranked in the West. And obviously VGK at that time in the league and still are. And it's just, it's absolutely amazing how fast these teams are developing. And there certainly is a level of, um, I'm sure there's a few NHL GMs and franchises that would like to start from scratch and press the reset button. But point is, you still have to build it the right way. And, you know, last year, Seattle, they did what 
we thought Vegas would do their season one. They would, you know, draft some vets and draft some some youngster, or they would draft some vets from the expansion draft and obviously start putting their core together through the uh, entry draft. And But it seems like it's coming together faster there. And I, I thought it was amazing. I, I definitely was poking the bear on this one. Um, all the people out there that are just mad that Seattle and Vegas get the feature outdoor game out there, it, it is awesome. There is so much March of salt out there right now. And I freaking love all the comments. Oh, what about someone else that deserves it? Get out of here. You don't deserve it. Go away. It's listen, Vegas and Seattle are doing amazing things as far as the way they're drawing, you know, the attendance, you know, Vegas is just a whole nother planet when it comes to the entertainment and the game experience. And Seattle is unique as well. in the things that they do up there and the fact that both teams are playing well, I mean, geez, this could be a pre. This could be a rematch of the Western Conference Final. As crazy as that sounds, Seattle and Vegas somehow facing off in the West could be a reality based on the seedings and the rankings and however that whole thing shakes out. And that would be absolutely remarkable. I was actually finding a story down here. So um, I grew up obviously a longtime Blackhawks fan. Still love my Blackhawks, but the Golden Knights, you know, are, are a one. No questions asked at this point. But the first outdoor game that I really remember was Detroit Red Wings, Chicago Blackhawks, Wrigley Field. I don't know if it was 09 or 2010, whatever it was, but it was one of the early ones. And Wrigley Field for a hockey game. How remarkable is that? So the story within the story now, Chris Chelios, longtime beloved Blackhawk player, traded to the Red Wings. Absolutely a hard one to swallow for many Blackhawk fans, but no one had anything. Well, and they might have booed Chelios a little bit at the time, but that's just the, the nature of the beast. So Mike Babcock is the coach of the Red Wings. Not, not the most liked coach in the history of hockey. We'll leave it at that. And they tried to healthy scratch Chris Chelios that game. And something came together where they didn't end up doing that. And he was the seventh defenseman. We know how that, how well that works out. He started the game, played like two or three shifts, maybe five shifts total early on in the game. And it was that obviously he knew he wasn't going to play another shift at that point. Cause Bab- Bob Babcock was just that cruel of a coach. So he starts and, and the story is out there. Like this isn't some, I mean, I, I do want to cite this because this is a, kind of a touchy story here. Detroit Free Press puts it out there. So I'm I'm assuming that's a pretty respectable news source. Chris Chelios, it's apparent he's not going to play. He starts chugging beers during the game. He literally, I don't know if it's like in a water bottle or how it's working out, but he is chugging beers throughout the game because he knew that there was no chance of him you know, going back out there. And he's literally like tipping his glass to like tell people to bring him beers. Like, it's just, it's absolutely crazy. This is happening. And then, and then uh, says, then Brad McCrimmon, I'm assuming that's our defensive coach, tried to get me out there with a minute left to kill a penalty. And Chelio said, not a chance. So that's a, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty uh, funny situation. You can find that on Detroit Free Press. Just, just Google Chris Chelios beer outdoor game or something like that. That's, that's what I did. And I'm waiting for all the crazy beer ads now on my Facebook page. Oh, that should be fun. And the one thing I don't like about the outdoor games is just that the rink is detached from the fans. Yes. And they did have a puck that went into the dugout yesterday, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. No, I'm with you on that, Tony. And that's all the games. Like, you you, you can't put the fans that close, number one, because obviously that'll take the sight lines away and things like that. And it is a weird environment. And it's the type of thing, like, um, you know, I saw Pearl Jam at Wrigley Field back in 2009 or 2010 as well or something like that. Maybe it was 11, whatever it it's was. a big year for you, big year. Big year, huge year for, the, for, for me. And point being is 
we were sitting like, I don't know, over first base, about 10, 12 rows back. You can't see anything. Oh, that was the, there was actually a, a storm delay in that game. There was a, there was a three hour rain delay. And then now we're going to keep going here off the rails. Now um, Ernie Banks actually comes out with Eddie Vedder and they sang the song all the way that, um, that Eddie yeah. Vedder wrote for the Chicago yes. Cubs. So I seeing that and, and I'm a White Sox fan. I'm not a Cubs now. hater, but I'm a White Sox fan. That was just a, a, such a powerful moment to witness that. But point being is you're you're way far out there. The sight lines aren't good for concerts at these stadiums and things like that. And it's not a hockey T-Mobile Park. It's not a hockey arena. It's going to be weird. But point is, you go to say you were there. And that's it. You get that story. You get that experience. You get to enjoy all the wonderful beefs that are up, uh, the, the, the sausages that are hot links, hot links that are right up and down the street there between that and whatever the football stadium is called. Uh, Lumen Field. It's, it's Lumen Field now with CenturyLink. So much great food over there. Seattle, wonderful town and great music. Go catch a go catch some grunge at the show box or something like that and uh, make it a party. Is that still up and running? It is. We were, were uh, we were in minute. Seattle about a about a year and a half ago me and my wife actually just decided to go there on a whim and we had a good time yeah that is a fun city to be in when it's not cold rainy snowy which we can expect so you just took 362 days of the year (laughs) out where you can't go to seattle tony you know i got a story so you know i used to travel for business up to seattle an awful lot and people like in the winter time they don't want to talk to you they don't want to know you nothing it was the coldest flights, I think, people-wise. Go, no personalities, nothing. Going back to the dreariness of Seattle, right, on the flights and all that. The only time, so all of a sudden, I went there, like, in the spring. Beautiful, glorious, sunny day. I go into the hotel, and <laughs> the waitress actually said hi to me. And I was like, what's going on around here? That's what I said to her. And she goes, uh, no, it's just a great day. I go, okay, the sun's shining. When me and my buddy were uh, in Seattle for a Pearl Jam concert, it was actually a, a nice sunny day, like you alluded to. Um, but it was a little chilly and like somewhere in like the mid 50s, something like that. But a nice sunny Seattle day, which you don't get too many of. And there was a lady actually walking with an umbrella. And it wasn't because she was expecting rain. It was because the sun was out and it was like odd. It doesn't happen a lot up there. So we, we actually got a Polaroid of that somewhere, or a picture, or whatever you call it, when you, oh, you with your quick camera and you went to Walgreens and. You know, one of those had things. Back you had to get the film. Had developed. to get it developed. Yes, you pay like ten bucks, and you. So, like when you go to a concert, right? You're taking the pictures, you know, in the front row because at the time they wouldn't let you bring any like higher quality cameras in. So when you're taking the pictures, you're just praying to God they come out focused the next couple of days, and yeah, we're having fun, Tony. Reminiscing. Yes. Yeah, we are reminiscing. And coming up next, we're going to take a look oh, at no the here and now. Well, you know, we <laughs> blasted the VGK for their inefficiencies in the second period. But now we have an opportunity to talk about them turning the corner, perhaps. So 2022, the second period sucks. So 2022. More after this right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick come to you from Las Vegas every Monday through Friday. And make sure that you check us out on the podcast Locked on Golden Knights, of course, you're probably tuning into that right now. And if you're just listening to us, make sure you check us out because you can see these mugs right here, right right there. You see, and that mug and the coffee mug each oh, and every I got day one from last night too, and on our YouTube got, channel. I got a lot of mugs here. And please subscribe, Locked on Golden Knights. Um, so, hey, we're coming up on the official halfway point of the season. So that'll be game number 41 
coming up against the Penguins this week. And so we'll have a chance to recap the entire first half because I see a lot of these first half evaluations and it's not yet the first half of the season gone by. Something could happen big, 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 right, against the Penguins. Okay, so we'll do that this week coming up. You know, you know it's not going to be the same roster. You know McCrimmon's got something up his uh, sleeve. You I think guarantee so? you that. Do you think so? Sure, he's got he's got money to work with. Okay, well, we'll have to see. That's what the, that, that might be tomorrow's show right there. Okay, uh, so second period improvement. I wanted to talk about that. So last night uh, we heard where Bruce Cassidy said that this was the biggest key of the game where they scored and they scored twice in period two and they kept the avalanche off the board. You go back to the Predators game, the previous game, 2 nothing was the score for VGK in the second period. And the Ducks was one nothing VGK. The Kings game was 1-1. to And you have to go back now to December the 23rd against St. Louis, where they lost a second period, 3-2. to But it became an ongoing joke. What are they now? They're minus 10. They're minus 11. They're minus 12. They're minus 5, 10, 8, 7, whatever. Each and every night, they were digging a bigger and bigger hole, a greater hole. So let's talk about what led to the improvements, do you feel, in period number two for the VGK? Um, I was trying to look up and see if there was an overall, if there's a quick way to find what the uh, plus minus ratio plus minus is. Because I'm curious where, be where they are in the head. second period. It's got to be see. better than it was. I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's got to be like maybe down that's to five. like six. Yeah, that, that was the first thing going through my head as you were talking there. Five and, or six, it's got to be. You know, I don't know if anything is giving besides, we'll start with a little bit of puck luck. I mean, you have to reference that to a degree. And the reason why I say that is because this is a good team. Even when not at full health, this is still a good hockey team right now that is winning big games. They just they just uh, beat the I almost said the throne, not not the right word, but they almost beat the Colorado Avalanche. I'm sorry, they just beat the Colorado Avalanche last night, defending Stanley Cup champions, and they beat it. It, it was pretty convincingly game, right? I mean, you knew Colorado would make a push at the end there. Now Colorado's got injuries. Nathan McKinnon's not 100 percent yet, but still, you know that's a big game in a big situation. So ultimately, where I'm going with this is. There's a system in place, uh, whether we can all explain what Bruce Cassidy's system is or not. There is a system in place and the team has bought in because the results are there and whatever is happening in the second period, because there has to be some systematic changes because you have a longer change and things like that. There are different things that happen online changes and different um different set pieces, if you will, to get the players on and off the ice. And maybe that wasn't ticking for a while, but they stayed the course. And now you're starting to see the team get rewarded for whatever it is they're doing in practice, whatever it is they're doing in the games to just kind of stick with it. And, you know, the third period is now that's maybe a little bit of a different story, but last couple of games, you know, there's a bit of a pass, obviously Um, the game, it got a little closer last night, but good teams make pushes. So, you know, Vegas uh, held their end and were able to weather the storm at the end of the game, especially that absolutely crazy moment that had, it seemed like 12 players, you know, or, or well, 11 players all in Logan Thompson's crease. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, God, McNabb freaking leveled somebody. I forgot. I, I didn't catch who it was, but McNabb absolutely leveled somebody. And um, you, you got this weird, I don't say weird, but you have this stoppage line that I'm seeing Cassidy putting out there at the end of the games right now. I put this out there a couple of games ago, but the, this little hero defensive line, if you will, is Carlson, Wah, Carrier. 
And I've now seen this multiple times where that's that's our, our shutdown forward line to end these games with. And you certainly understand why Nick Waugh and Carlson are out there. You want two centers out there in the event uh, one of our centers gets thrown out of a face-off. You obviously don't want Will Carrier or Keegan Colasar, you know, taking a face-off in a big situation like that. So, you know, Nick Waugh and Carly, they're going to get the job done in the middle. Carrier, I mean, he's one of our shutdown forwards in the eyes of uh, Bruce Cassidy right now. Going back to the second period, which is what we're talking about here, everyone buying in whatever it may be um credit cassidy for spinning the dials and getting it right at least for now i just was uh, looking last night at the number of players on vgk's roster that have played in every single game and i think that there are six of them stevenson okay. stone stone smith your guy carly that's what you call him colas all uh, right no, 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 no. Uh, Colasar missed a game or two okay. this season. And then Kessel and McNabb. <laughs> I think McNabb. That's it. That, those are the top six. Crazy, that have huh? played in each and every game this season. And then uh, your boy Carly that we, we were just talking about. Uh, 15 games without a goal. The only goal during that period. Um, an empty net goal somewhere in there. The Winnipeg. <laughs> he's got a 15. He's got a 15 game drought with a goal. He's got an 11-game drought with a, without a goal. He's got a nine-game drought without a goal. Tony, season. just make him just make him your lock of the night. That'll fix that. You got you got Colasar going. <laughs> you got Wall going. <laughs> you got Korzak going. Where where did you pull I, I that from, Tony? It's got to hurt. Wherever you 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 say you're going with K and K and K and K, and the first was it the the first or second goal of the game? K and K and the assist. That's just where you throw the phone up, put your head back. You're like. Kind of like what you did when I said VGK could be a cup contender. That's what I did when uh, that happened. Okay, so for locks of the night, do we happen to have um, standings? Like, what are we playing for here? We got. You know, I was keeping track, Tony, and I. And now you're not. It got away from me, and yeah, you yeah. Know, no, it's I, a lot I, I think right now you're probably at a. If I had to put, you're probably at after that lovely K and K performance last night. You're probably about twenty six. I'm probably about twenty four, and the fam, they're about nineteen. Um, last night. <laughs> the fam did the fam even get a chance to put in picks last night the fam is the fam. they're they're putting in we're, we're asking everybody for their collective opinion we did okay. have someone say stone and somebody last night i did see that i saw that too uh stone so, and y maybe it might have been stone and y actually no, i don't know so maybe, Cotter, maybe your uncle or something paul cotter uh was on the trip but didn't play last night i thought again that was weird that, that, that surprised him, me right just like marshall so last week in southern california and so I wonder why they take them on the road. But need some sun. Doesn't utilize them at need all. some sun. Uh, so a big homestand coming up for VGK. Yeah, I mean, you know, we the schedule. I mean, we we, we have our, opinion, our opinions on it and stuff like that. But it's being crammed down our throat from you know the TV to the coaches to the players and everything like that about the crazy schedule. Well, they better go by looking at this month. They don't have their first back to back until they go to New York the 27th and 28th oh, Islanders, that's such a tough uh, Rangers one. Islanders. Oh, and that's, that's a so... very short bus ride game. Come obviously. Come so, on. I mean, by this, let's see, there's three, five, eight, 10, there's only 12 games in the month. They better go 10, 10, one and one or something like that, because the way they've been chirping about the schedule, they better, uh, you know, there better be some big results. I'll be, uh, after I, after we get off the podcast, I'm going to get my credentials for Thursday, hopefully. And I don't, don't see that being a problem. So I'll be in the building and, uh, doing my thing. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting on Friday talking about the first half results and 
you know, maybe a little bit of a grading type thing and talk about some surprises and what needs to continue. And, you know, uh, Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, could this team win a cup? Yes. Could this team miss the playoffs? Absolutely. And it's all on the table right now. You're not as concerned about goaltending anymore. And were you surprised to see Logan Thompson last night? We both thought that it could be Aiden Hill, but he's in the doghouse. Let's face it. He definitely is right now. I agree. And when are you going to play? I mean, is he not going to go until January 12th, which is also my birthday, by the way? Is oh. he not going to go until January 12th against the Florida Panthers? Because, I mean, you want to play, you, you got to play LT on Thursday, a big game against Pittsburgh, division game on Saturday against the Kings. Uh, the following Saturday, the 14th, Connor McDavid comes to town. Like, you know, where do you, mon- you're definitely going to have two different goalies playing on the 14th and 16th, because that's the 16th is a matinee three o'clock game. So there'll be something definitely weird there with the goalies happening. We're so, going to see Brossois, right? You think during this homestand? I just have this feeling. Uh, I think we're going to see him sometime in January. They need to. They need to see what they got right now at the NHL level because one of two things. They need to find out if he can be possibly counted on in a role with the VGK, you know, this year or otherwise. And probably more importantly, dangling dangle him out there for the league right now. You know, hey, guys, there's a lot of teams that need goalies right now. There's a lot of teams that need a proven NHL goalie that can, you know, log minutes and give your team a chance to win. And, you know, we, uh, we got some holes in the lineup right now, you know, pending what happens with the injuries. And I mean, I'm concerned about Alec Martinez and his long-term situation right now. I know he's just on regular IR, but that could be changed. Zach Whitecloud. Hey, we're not, we're not going to see him back. I don't think in the regular season, I don't care what, what they said. I don't think we're going to see him back. So Shea Theodore, that's quiet. We thought Eichel, we thought turn of the year, Jack Eichel, Shea Theodore will be back by now. And we're also still down Marcheseau so and Cotter. So. Yeah. What about Marcheseau? So? And Howden. We don't even talk about Howden. Don't even talk no. about him. Uh, didn't uh, Alec Martinez, before we get out of here, didn't he come back and skate on the ice? And he was supposed to be in the lineup in one of those games last week. You know, I was, well, I was talking to my son going up the elevator at the last game we went to the new year's Eve game. And someone said he was like skating. and was going to play in this game. That's yeah, wow, that it. That was the game that, that, that he was supposed to be playing in. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching in warm ups. I'm like, the there's IR. no Martinez out there. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I don't know. Maybe they were, well, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> it's okay. He's played through, through a broken foot before in the play. He's a warrior. And if he's not out there, his, <laughs> his leg must be sewn off. He's <laughs> it's gotta be right really, really uh, tough for him. We thank you all for tuning in. He would in still play with one show. leg if he could. Absolutely. For my man, Chris Collick, I'm Tony Cardasco. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day, wherever you get your podcasts. And please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. We'll see you tomorrow right here. And thanks for tuning in.